You are listening to Faith Church's sermon from this week. We are a church that is committed to loving Jesus for life and loving others to life. We hope that this message encourages you to follow Jesus with your whole heart. Open up the word. I feel like that's a needed thing today. Um, yeah, let's just pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship you. We ask you, Lord, to minister to us now as we listen to your word, as we hear your word. May you begin to allow it to transform the person who's bringing it to the people who are listening to it. And may you allow this to honor and glorify you above all else and get me out of here, Lord. For, Lord, it's in your name we pray this all. Amen. We love control, right? I mean, how many of us have one of these sitting at our homes? And we love to control it. I mean, I don't let my family play with our remote hardly at all, although I'm the one hitting it to try to find, hit the button to find, Roku has this thing where you hit the button and then it whistles at you, the remote whistles at you, so if you lose it in the couch, you just hit the button and you hear the couch whistling and you just keep on going and you find it. But um, control is, is started by the remote control. The reality is, is as the picture says on the screen, we try to control things by what we watch, by what we do. We, we love to be in control. How many times does this little thing right here cause disagreements in homes? All because everyone wants to control their settings, their TVs, and their videos. Something I have been learning over the last several months, and um, so just let me pause here and explain to you what's been happening over the past week. On Tuesday morning, evening, I called Andy Becker, who was supposed to preach this Sunday. Andy could not preach because of some fog that he was having, because of some sickness that he was going through. And so he asked, and I said, let's switch so I'm preaching this Sunday. He's preaching on Father's Day when I was supposed to come back from surgery, which I will not be back from surgery now on Father's Day because my surgery has been moved to June the 1st. So I will not be back way until after Father's Day. And so that is why I'm preaching this morning. So instead of trying to come up with this new sermon series or anything like that, I figured I would teach you what I'm learning through this process. And I hope that it will teach you some things as well. Here's what I've been learning over the last several months. Control doesn't just rest in who runs the remote at your house. It goes into our entire lives. In order to drive home the point, let me ask you a pretty pointed question. How do you react when you don't get what you think you should get? Or how do you react when there are curveballs thrown into your situation, no matter what that situation is? Let me give you an example. It's a kind of true one, and you'll know why I say that in just a second. Say you need a heart valve replacement surgery, and maybe even a blockage fixed in your heart. You're facing this surgery. You've been through so much. You're tired and ready for the surgery. You truthfully are. Then the doctor calls you after you have been prayed up, ready to face the surgery and says, we can't do the surgery. You have COVID. Now let's just pretend 
that you spent 20, 35 minutes passionately telling a group of people just before you received that phone call, you better keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't lose hope. Don't allow anything to take your eyes off of Jesus. I'm sure you would think that you would take this news very controlled and not frantic, right? The reality is, is that's my personal belief, that it's my personal belief that maybe not our first reactions, but our subsequent reactions should be marked by whoever is in control of our lives. At first, we would all be upset, feel like we just got kicked in the gut. All those feelings we usually experience. I mean, can you imagine it? You're prayed up. You're ready to go. You have confidence. Get in your car to leave your church service, to go to Hershey, to get a hotel room with your wife, to relax, to be able to get prepared for the surgery, and the phone call comes in. No surgery. And in fact, you're going to wait four to six weeks until you have your surgery. And we can't guarantee you that your heart valve will make it that long. But that's the way it's going to be. You see, just like in Psalm 56.3, David says, when I am afraid, I will trust in him. He doesn't say, I won't be fearful. No, he admits that we're going to have fear. But it's what we do with that fear and who that fear drives us to that matters. When life-changing news is shared, when we are face-to-face with the reality that we are not in control, that news should drive us to the Lord, not drive us away from the Lord, this has been the back and forth since the beginning of time. Let me just stop and tell you that out here in the parking lot, I'll never forget the phone call because I was sitting right next to the shed Um, That's where my car was parked, and, you know, I saw it was a surgeon calling me from his cell phone, which I thought was very nice that it was him and not one of his nurses. And I'll never forget my reaction was not one that was turning my eyes to Jesus. Because the very next phone call I had to make was to my wife to tell her to pull my son off the soccer field because we didn't know how far this spread. And so now not only did it control my life, it controlled Freddie's life. And that broke my heart. And my eyes were far from Jesus at the moment. And so I want to share with you these points, not as a pastor who says, listen, follow me, I got it all wrapped up. And that may be hard to take for some, but that's okay. As a pastor who sometimes gets his eyes off of Jesus and onto other things and other things and other things, and sometimes needs to be reminded to come back. Much like I think the people who are online and in the building today. We all too get our eyes off of Jesus. Make light of big things and make big things, small things. Instead of keeping our eyes focused on the real goal. So how did it all start? How did this control freak situation take over? 
Here's what it says in Genesis 1, 25 through 26. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that good, that they were good. And then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and in the sea, the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all creatures that move, excuse me, along the ground. So here it is, Genesis 1. The beautiful garden. There we sit in a perfect world. A supervised control is given to humanity. That's your first blank on your sermon outline. In a, in a perfect world, a supervised control is given to humanity. Let me read the, the words again. Let us make mankind in our image. And you, you all know that, <clears throat> excuse me, when God is making that statement, you'll notice that it's a plural, our. It's not make, make God, let us make mankind in my image. No, it's in our image because it's Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God, the Trinity, together in the garden. And so there he is, and he says these words, In our likeness, so that they may rule, may rule, may control, may have dominion, some translations say, over all things the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all creatures that move along the ground. All is well in the garden when we have control. I mean, you can see the words right there on the, in Genesis 1, 25 through 26, as well as I can. The words here in Hebrew mean dominion over, but God doesn't just make humanity and then say, my hands are off of it. It's that we have dominion over creation, but we have a controlled dominion over creation because we should be looking to God for our answers. We should be looking for God of how to control it. We should be looking to God for how things should go and not just be ruling without any consideration of God himself. John H. Salahammer says in his commentary, this dominion is expressly stated to be over all living creatures, sky, sea, and land. This is the text portrays humanity as a special creature, different from the rest of the creatures that God made, but like God made in the image and in likeness of God. This isn't just being a glorified gardener. This is responsibility, friends. And this is where the problem comes in in our world today. We all want to be in control, but we don't want to be responsible for the control that we have. And then we lose control. Let's be clear, we don't lose the image of God. We don't lose the likeness of God. We lose something because of the illusion of control that's offered to us later on in a couple of chapters later. And let's look at that conversation right now. Here's what Genesis 3, 1 through 5 says. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals. 
the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say we must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Notice what's happening here. Here comes the play of control. No, God doesn't want you to not partake of that because you will die. No, it's really because God understands something, that if you eat of that fruit, you will see like God sees. You will be just like God. And God is, a, is, a, is, a, is an arrogant God, Satan is saying. And he doesn't like it when people are like him. He doesn't like it when people see like him. He doesn't like it when people are on the same plane as him. He doesn't like it when people are doing things that are like him. He doesn't like any of that. So that's why he's asked you not to eat of this fruit. Oh, the illusion of control is full force in Genesis 3. The reason isn't because God thinks you are, are special or because, you, because God thinks of this. No, it's actually because he looks down on you. That's really what Satan is pitching here. The, the fall of humanity happens because of the carrot of control dangled before Adam and Eve. And the deceitful enemy has been doing it ever since. Yes. The fall of humanity happens because of the carrot of control dangled before Adam and Eve. It's, it's that carrot. It's that, you know, it would be like putting a brownie in front of my dog and saying, don't eat it. Don't eat it. My dog is probably going to listen for until I leave the room and then, she, then I'll come back and the brownie will be gone and she'll look at the kids and say, the kids did it. <laughs> And the kids will look at her and say, she, they, she did it. And, and that's the way it'll go because that's the way it went in the garden. Well, it was his fault. It was her fault. And then when they two, them two didn't get a response, they turned to the crafty serpent and said it was his fault. If you wouldn't allow him to come in here, we wouldn't have had this issue because control was lost because responsibility was out of control. And the same thing goes for our lives. It's funny when things are going well, when things are on time, when the surgeon is going to do the surgery, everything is great and wonderful. But the minute that the surgery gets moved or the minute that that thing gets changed in your life and the minute that you start to feel out of control, where's God then? What, does, what do we say? We, you know, we, we act like there is no God, right? You brought me this far. You know, and, and if you think, well, well that, that can't be just us. No, no, it's not. It's, just, it's, the, it's the country of Israel. It's the nation of Israel. After they've been led by God for how long? What are their words when they're out in the desert and they think that they're going to die? They're about to throw their leader under the bus. Why are they about to throw their leader under the bus? You brought us this far. You took us this far, God, just for us to die out here. 
Why? Because they have lost control now. Now God is in control. Now the Lord is leading. Now God is in control. And they don't see control. And they don't have their hands on the steering wheel anymore. And all of a sudden now it's, well, you just brought us out here to die. We're done. We're shot. We're finished. And dare I say that dangled, that dangled carrot came to Faith Church this past week. Who's in control of Faith Church? Certainly isn't Pastor Brett. And it certainly isn't Brother Landon. It certainly isn't anybody on this praise team. And it certainly isn't anybody on our ministry council. Who really controls the shots? Who does? Remember earlier when I said this control wasn't just a glorified gardener role? No, it was with a lot of responsibility. Comes with responsibility. And God says, when you miss the mark, there's consequences. And we're not going to read about it, but in Genesis chapter 3, the consequences are all of a sudden Adam and Eve realize, hey, we need clothing. We got a bit of an issue here. We're, we're standing in the middle of a garden without clothing. And why didn't they know that beforehand? Because they were perfect. They just saw it as this is the way the world is. It's a beautiful thing. But now they're a fallen creature. And now they realize that that responsibility isn't just playing games. This is real responsibility. And now all of a sudden they realize, oh boy, we got problems on our hands. And so what do they do? They try to do what we try to do. When we're acting out of control, they, they hid. Right? We don't want God to see us when we're out of control, when we don't actually know if he's in control, if he knows what he's doing. So what do we do? We go and hide. We hide. Some people stop coming to church. This is the last place I want to be when I'm out of control, when I don't think I'm in control, when I don't know that God is in control. The last place I want to sit is here. We see it all the time. People stop coming because they're out of control and because they don't know that they believe that God is in control. It's sad, but it's a it's true. I've seen it in 25 years of ministry. I've seen it more times than I can count. What else do we do? We hide. Well, if I can hide well enough from God, and see, here's the problem. God doesn't play hide-and-go-seek so well. He kind of knows where you already are. He doesn't kind of. He does. And so God calls him out, and he says, Hey, guys, come on out. Let's face the music here. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, it starts this, um, the Lord starts to talk about the falling of Adam and Eve, and here's what he says in verse 14 and following. It'll be a bunch of screens. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity 
between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and he will strike and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said this, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. So ladies, <laughs> now you know who to blame. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it. All the days of your life, it will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us. Knowing God and evil, he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and live forever. So here's what the Lord God did. The Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he has been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the truth, uh, to, the, to guard the way to the tree of life. Here's the Here's the kicker. Satan can only give the illusion of control. Truthfully, the only one who has control is God himself. See, Satan can give an illusion of control, but only God can give Satan control of certain things. We see that in, in Job. He says, you can do this, this, and this, but you cannot touch this. The same goes for us. You can do this, this, and this, but you cannot touch this. And so the psalmist says something similar to this in uh, 33, Psalm 33, verses 10 through 13. Here's what he says. The Lord falls the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purpose is of the peoples. <clears throat> but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purpose of his heart's through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. Notice this. The Lord fail, foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord, the plans when we give him control... Stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose 
for his inheritance. What the psalmist is saying is not God bless this, this nation or God bless that nation or God bless... But what he's saying is the nation who is blessed by God is the one who turns and says we no longer have control. Here it is, Yahweh. Take control. We are not in control. That is the nation that is blessed by God. Now I want you to step back for a minute. I want you to think. How many people do you think would really say that that are in some controlling factors today? How many people do you really think that will be in leadership today over our entire nation? And I'm not talking about just one. I'm talking about 30, 40 of them. How many of you would actually believe that they would stand and say, the Lord is actually in control of this nation? I am not. See, this is the point of control. When we continue to take control back from him and back from him and back from him, things continue to run out of control because we do not take, we are not really ever in control. From heaven, the Lord looks down and he sees all of mankind. He watches us. He, he knows what's going on. But he refuses to make us puppets on a string. He gives us this thing called free will. And just like the nation Israel, he says, listen, if you want to follow your own ways and follow your own ways and do your own thing, go ahead and do it. But I'm telling you, it's not going to bring you any of the peace that you want. But you, you go ahead and do it. You have the will. You go ahead and do it. So what? So the question that I came up with at the end of this, as I was learning from my own situation, and I'm going to tie it all together here in the end, what control do we have, if any? What control do we have, if any? Here's what Galatians 5 says. But the fruit of the Spirit is this. You might have heard this before, if you were paying attention to Michelle. Is love, joy, peace, forbearance, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoking and envying each other. Here's the control given to us. It's self-control. Now, how does that come together with what we're talking about? See, this happens through the fruit of the Spirit. See, the calling of God on our lives is not, a, not an up and down, twist around, roller coaster ride. Notice what, what said in Galatians chapter 5. An understanding of his sovereignty, of his love, of his joy, of his peace, of his faithfulness, of his gentleness with us, and how he provides the same through the work of the Spirit in our lives. 
So as Paul says here in Galatians, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. One of the things that I've been learning in my own life is, is that sometimes I tend to take my faith journey on this. I'm, I'm, I'm older. <laughs> Not, yeah, I'm older. So I used to go to um, Hershey Park all the time because I was only lived 45 minutes away. And one of the roller coasters that was there at that time, and I'm thinking it's still there, was the Super Duper Looper. I used to love the Super Duper Looper as a kid. I don't know that I would want to ride it as an adult. But that sucker would spin you around like somebody, nobody's business. Then they came up with the Sidewinder where you do it backwards. It's hilarious. It's fun. It's great. But you see, our, our faith walk shouldn't be like the Super Duper Looper. You say, wait a second. Whoa, what, what do you mean it shouldn't be like the Super Duper? No, see... Who's in control? Again, giving you the first reaction. And I'm sorry that this is coming out so raw because honestly, I just have little notes printed down this morning because I wanted it to be from my heart. The first reaction can be, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? But the second reaction is when we need to step back and say, Lord, you're in control of this. See, some people see what happened, and I did too in my own situation, and I said to myself, what in the world is going on? But something that hasn't been very public knowledge that, that I, I need to explain to you is this. Michelle said this before our prayer, their prayer for praise team. The reality is, is that God's protection has been all over this. The statistics tell us that if you go in for a heart valve surgery and a blockage surgery with COVID-19, you have a 40% chance less of survival. You do realize that I had a positive test from, from a local hospital that would have put me under the knife with a positive, or I had a negative test from a local hospital that would have put me under the knife for the surgery with COVID-19 because they would not have retested for it on Wednesday, the week before I was supposed to go into surgery. It was only because of the luck, as the world would say, that I got canceled at that hospital and moved to Hershey, that I ever got a positive on a COVID test and did not go into the surgery with COVID-19. Please understand something. This is God's protection. Now, will I tell you that I saw it the entire week that I was hearing that I was now going to have to wait six weeks for my surgery? Will I tell you that I, you know, I just had faith in God. I was singing hymns all day long, giving praises to the Lord. No, I will not tell you that because it would be a lie. But the reality is, is that when we step back and we look and we listen to the doctors and we listen to other people, we begin to see the point is, is that what Galatians 5 says is true. We have the goal. We have the control, the self-control to be able to put God in control. That's the goal of this 
message. It's to be able to say, Faith Church, it doesn't matter if, if we have, and we do, we have a lot of people that are down right now. I will tell you that the numbers are closer or over 20 that have COVID-19 that are related to Faith Church. Now, not all of them came from the church, but there's over 20. Trust me, I know about them. And I know what that does. It puts us into freakout mode. It puts us into, oh my gosh, what's going on? It puts us into all these different moods. But I want to be here today to be able to say to you that this morning, God has that all under control. What you are called to do is to rest in the gentleness, to rest in the love, to rest in the kindness, to rest in the forbearance, to rest in the peace, to rest in the joy, to rest in the goodness of God, to rest in the faithfulness of God. That is what you are called to do. You are not called to be in control. Because trust me, everything about this virus is out of control. It is. You can't even ask two doctors the same question and get the same answer. I did it this week. Doctors! I asked them the very same direct question, and one gave me an answer, and one gave me another answer, and they were completely different from each other. Why? Because they don't know. Because it's out of control. Because someone else is calling the shots. And so the call of the church, the call of faith church, the call of its leadership, and trust me, it's hard, is to lean into the fruit of the Spirit. And to say, I, I can only control one thing, and that is my reaction to what God is doing. That's all you can control. How are you doing? How are you doing with that? There's this prayer that was put up on Facebook this past week. You can shoot it up on the screen there, Landon. I want you to pray it this week. It's been a prayer that has changed my perspective throughout this entire situation, and I hope it'll change Faith Church's perspective throughout the whole time, too. It's just a simple prayer. Dear God, I'm trusting you. I know you heard my prayer. Your time, not my time. That's the desire of my heart this morning. As we walk through this time together as Faith Church, we need to realize it's in His time, not our time. And trust me, trust me, this sermon is being preached to the pastor way before it hits your ears. It's not easy. I like the things to be on my time, man. I want things to be done when they're done and when they should be done and when they should be put together. And the reality is, is that God sometimes, most times, doesn't work on that calendar. And 
And instead of getting all flustered, instead of getting all frustrated, which I tend to do, (laughs) it's the battle of my life. You want to know why I believe it is? This is definitely not on my notes, but I'm going to share it with you anyway, because it's just a little small crowd here, so it won't go too far. Hopefully, well, yeah, it's going out to the entire world on on Facebook, but hey, because I believe Satan knows that's my carrot, and he'll shove it in my face as much as he wants to. He knows what carrot. He knows what snacks we like to eat. And he knows that I am a pastor that likes to be in control. And so he'll rip that carpet out from underneath me. He'll take people away. He'll do things. And he will push my buttons. Don't you dislike people like that in your life? Come on, you all are acting like you don't have people in your life that know what buttons to push right at the right time. They know. It's, I mean, it's like my kids, you know, uh, not Freddie so much. Um, I'll be honest. It's like Serenity knows that there's this little red button on my leg. That if she pushes it, she'll get under dad's skin. So she'll, she'll go up to it. She'll look at it. She'll, she'll try to, you know, fluster me a little bit. And then all of a sudden, she'll push that red button. Right at the wrong time. You know, I've heard a lot of people this past week kind of put down spiritual warfare like, oh, it's not a real thing, it's not a real thing. It's a real thing. Satan is out to destroy his church, destroy Christ's church. The enemy is fighting. Now, I'm not going to tell you all of COVID is the enemy, but I'm going to tell you some decisions that have been made is the enemy. And it's our choice whether we will take self-control and relax in the love and the joy and the peace and the faithfulness and the gentleness of God, or we will continue to try to control the factors that we cannot control, and we will get flustered, and we will hide, and we will do everything Adam and Eve did. It's our choice. Because the Lord doesn't have us like a puppet on a string saying, you will do this. And when I say jump, you will ask how high, and you will jump that high. No, the Lord says, you are mine. But because you are mine, I give you free will. I allow you to make decisions. And sometimes those decisions will honor me. And sometimes those decisions, well, they won't honor me. But the clue is, is what Landon said in the prayer, everything must drive us back to the Lord. Even when we make the bad decisions, we must come back to the Lord. Even when we're afraid, we must come back to the Lord. It's standing out here saying, I don't want to be a part of the Lord's work, and I don't want to be a part of this work, and I don't want to be a part of that work, and I want to just hide. That is the dangerous place. That is why it is a very dangerous place, because you know why? Because what is Satan like? He's like a lion looking for whom he can devour. And what the lion's like? 
Lions don't like, don't like um, animals that are in groups that, that hang out together because then they got to go fight the entire group. And lions don't like to put a lot of energy into fighting. Lions are actually kind of lazy. You know what they like? They like the wounded one. They like the one hanging out here by himself, just pitching a fit, you know, and just, just kind of wounded and standing out there in the wilderness saying, you know, hey, man, this is me. This is me. I'm, I'm out of control. I'm just ticked off at the world. So I'm going to stay away from my friends at church and I'm going to do everything I can by myself. And I'm going to have a little pitch, pitchy fit here. And I'm going to stand here. And guess what? The lion loves it because the lion is sitting there going, pray. There's my lunch. There's my lunch. But those of us who relax in the gentleness and the joy and the love and the peace and the faithfulness and the sovereignty of God, we stay in the fold. We gather people around us of like faith. And for that reason, Satan has a harder time getting at us. And when he does, it drives us back to the Lord. So that's my prayer for you this day, Faith Church. Whether you're watching online or you're sitting here this morning, that all of this would drive you to the Lord. Not drive you to Satan, not drive you to his tricks, not drive you to his deception, not drive you to his illusion of control, but drive you straight to Jesus Christ. And understand there's a bigger plan. There's something he's doing. And we won't see it until it's started. And so would you pray with me? In just a minute, but would you pray this prayer this week? Dear God, I'm trusting you. I know you heard my prayer. But it's your time, not mine. Would you pray that with me this past, this coming week? For your church and for your individual life. Dear God, I'm trusting you with Faith Church. I know you heard our prayers. Your time, not mine. Dear God, I'm trusting you with my life. I know you heard my prayer. Your time, not mine. Let's pray together. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We ask you, Lord, to be with us as we go from here, that you would remind us after singing this, this song that we're about to sing, that you would remind us that you are in control, Lord. It's your time, not ours. You simply ask us to, to show self-control in the midst of these hard times. And Lord, I'm, I, for one, am very thankful for your forgiveness for times when I have not shown self-control. And I'm sure I'm not alone here, Lord. It gets very frustrating sometimes. And so, Lord, I pray that you will just be with us this day as we go from here, that you will help us to lean back into you. That we would find your joy, your love, your gentleness, your peace. 
And that because of finding that, we would be able to be under self-control throughout the trials of life. Help us, Lord, to fight off the temptation of the illusion of control that is thrown in front of our face constantly. Help us to lean more and more into you, that we may be able to sing the song that we're about to sing. It is well with our soul. In spite of all the storms that are going on, it is well with our soul. For Lord, it's in your name we pray this all. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it encouraged you in your walk with Christ. You can find out more about Faith Church at wearefaithec.com. 